and ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the uh, the Scintillating Podcast, Strategy, ah, Strategy and the Virtual Controller. As you can tell, I'm a little bit under the weather, uh, but that's uh, not too bad and I think comes to be expected uh, with an 11-month-old. But I'm sitting here in Sydney, uh, my podcast co-host Penny Breslin. She's not sitting in San Diego today. Penny, where are you today? I am in Toledo, Ohio of all places. And it's actually a very gorgeous day here. Actually, the weather's and, been wonderful. And what what brought you or takes you to Toledo, Ohio? Well, Rachel Siegel brought me here. <laughs> Rachel's here with me along with uh, the folks at uh, CPA Web Books and owned by Kevin Simpson and with his two uh, compatriots, Brian and Chuck. And for the last... 20, 48 hours, we have been here um, beating the heck out of them (laughs) (laughs) and reimagining the way their uh, firm could work with some detailed process procedures, some a little bit better software and a heck of a lot better communication. And um, just listeners might remember the name Rachel Siegel. We uh, we did an episode with her. quite some time ago, talking about her experiences and, and the firm that she's building. Uh, but Rachel, why don't we hand over to you and, and maybe just uh, remind listeners who you are and, and a little bit about your firm. Uh, and then also listeners, they can jump back and, and find that episode with you uh, from earlier in the season. Sure. I own Go Figure Accounting. We have two offices, one in Florida and one in New Jersey. And I handle the firm and run the firm the way I wish my firm ran when I was an employee. So we try to be tech savvy. We care for our clients, but we also care for our employees. And we try to make sure that they're covered in every situation. And you're a profit first professional. Is that right? I am. I am mastery certified in profit first. And so is Kevin. All right, and and so how did this um, how did this meeting of the minds in Toledo, Ohio, come about? We were actually meeting at a mastery meetup, talking about our firms and um, trying to help each other out. And we thought we could help him, and spoke to him about it, and he said, "Yeah, come on down." And, and, and Kevin and listeners, we, we, we have done zero preparation for this podcast, so any, anything could happen from here, so which is good. Kevin, at the end of two days, um, we, we'll, jump, we'll, we'll jump back to the, the start of the two days, but at, at the end of the two days, how are you feeling about having um, Rachel and, and Penny come into the office and, and really look under the hood, so to speak? I'm completely drained. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking more coffee the last two days um, than normal. Yep. Um, I've gotten, well, you know, last week, the first day was gentle. They were kind to me. <laughs> through all kinds of where we are at sort of conversations and drafting job descriptions as they are. And then... And they met with my staff without me and asked them all kinds of questions. And I really don't know what's been said yet. Um, He's probably never going to know the details. He's just going to get an overview. Mm-hmm. So I did get some feedback after we met uh, as a group to kind of think through 
<laughs> what Penny and Rachel dragged out of my staff about me and the firm, but um, I think it's all good. We're we've got lots to work on, of course, and it's overwhelming and exciting. And I uh, I can see the staff already engaging in different ways. That is going to be really a significant change, I think, that's needed. So I'm excited overall. It just need to recharge the batteries though. Um, and, and let's, let's rewind, um, to when you were meeting with, with Rachel at the, the mastery session for profit first, what prompted you, what was happening in the firm or, or why did you think, um, that Rachel could help you? So Rachel's, a an expert in workflow development for accounting practices and Penny is as well. Uh, and they were together and their, you know, their expertise come to a point where they just can't help themselves. They've got to. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Be honest, Kevin. It's all good. <laughs> They've got to step in and help solve problems. That's, in part, that's their nature, I think. They, they enjoy the challenge and um, they've got a lot of experience. So. I think immediately, well, I know Rachel and I have gotten to each other over the last year and a half. And so she's already known different challenges we've had as a firm. And she's been able to see herself and in, in where we're at in different stages of her, her own business development. And then uh, Penny and I started working together in a couple months ago. And so she's gotten to see my practice and the shortcomings we have in different areas on the bookkeeping workflows. And so instead of them just sitting and just kind of letting me go and flounder, they decided to jump in and, and help save some things that I, that I knew needed saved. So. And a few, we didn't. <laughs> so it's been and, good. And, and if I can hand over to Brian and Chuck, what, what's your sort of initial thoughts after the, after the last two days of, of, uh, Rachel and, and Penny coming into the office and, and yeah, sort of, I won't say ripping apart, but, but really getting into what's happening in the firm. What are your thoughts, Brian and Chuck? Well, this is Chuck. Um, we have been talking about a lot of apps to, to use or ones we have been using and won't use anymore. And we, you know, the entire firm is, uh, works in the cloud. Everything we do is, uh, um, you know, on, uh, on uh, apps and uh, we're just trying to streamline those processes. And that's what Rachel and Penny have uh, come in to do. Um, so we have some directions as a, as a firm that we know we want to go. And the uh, thing for us as a staff is uh, we're just going to need to make sure uh, we have follow through on this, that, uh, that our, our chief Kevin follows through on uh, all the things he needs to do. So uh, that's uh those are just some of the challenges we have ahead, but uh, we know the next three months is going to be a transition period for the firm before we get into next year's tax work that uh, we want to try to get uh, get the firm in a good place before the end of the year um, and start uh, cranking it out next year with, uh, with tax work and uh, continue to grow and onboard more clients throughout the year. Yeah, brilliant. And, and Chuck, was, um, was it, how did that feel? Was it sort of... Um, alleviating when when we were sort of talking about okay let's not use these apps anymore let's try and streamline the way that we run the business and streamline the way we 
we actually bring in the work and process the work? Was was that how did you feel sort of knowing that, okay, we're actually going to drop a few apps, which is which is a really nice feeling? Well, you know, it can be, but it's always, you know, change. There's always a disruption to the current flows. Um, so, you know, and that's, uh, you know, one thing that the firm has done over the years is uh, change apps quite a bit. So there's, uh, that's not uh, entirely new for the firm to, to deal with new apps, but it's trying to get the right apps mm. um, so that we can have our processes in place and not have to change as much in the future. Yeah, fantastic. Brian, what about you? What were, you, what were some of your observations after two days? Um, well, Chuck and I were only here today, luckily. Um, <laughs> uh, just if you ever have any rough news to deliver, you can hire Penny to do it. <laughs> no, I know. She's very good at it, isn't she? Yeah. Brutally honest. Yes, brutally honest. But yeah, they've done a good job with giving uh, us guidance on what to do. And they said they're going to stay on our ass, so... That should be interesting, and I look forward to hopefully getting all the changes done. And, I mean, change is one of those difficult things, and, and I think, Chuck, you're probably a bit um, uh, trying to get all these changes done in, in the next three months before, and I don't know what the changes are, but but I certainly know that we, we, we overestimate what we can do in the short term and underestimate what we can do in the long term, but this change process is, is a difficult one, and it's a long one, um, and... But hopefully, if you if you do have someone, as you said, uh, Chuck on your or Brian on your ass to to hold you accountable, I think that certainly helps um, realize those changes. Uh, I mean, over to you, Penny and Rachel. What were some of the, the the first observations that you had as you you came into to the firm, Penny? You and I have worked on a lot of firms together around workflow and technology and and sort of that strategic direction and and working out what a firm owner really wants to do. What were what were some of your initial observations? Rachel, you want to go first? Sure. So just like in almost every other CPA firm I've ever seen or been in, CPAs are really good about getting stuck in a rut. We've always done it this way. This is just kind of how we do it. Um, or they know something's broke, so they fix one thing, but don't take the big picture and look at everything at once. Um, so it's the same thing I did years ago that I learned from. Um, it's no different from anyone else. So when we came in, by the fact that Chuck said, you know, they've changed software and apps for several times over the years, which we did hear from multiple people, but it's always one. It's not, okay, it's going to fix this one problem, but what about all the other problems? And it sometimes causes additional problems when you do that. Right. So what we're trying to find, nothing's ever going to be 100% perfect. So we always want to be realistic with everything. But if we can get a good overview and get everything changed 80, even up to 90%, depending on how it's set up, they're way ahead of the game at that point. Yep. Absolutely. I would Penny? say my first initial reaction was uh, Kevin was very open on the first day uh, and very overwhelmed on the first day. Um, and Rachel hammered him. And every time he said the word, well, generally we do, I told him I don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> um, so I was pretty brutal with Kevin. I let Rachel be nice to him. Um, but um, on the second day when the staff came in, 
I was telling them at about right after lunch um, that when they first came in, they all were, uh, their body language reeked, who the f are you and what the f are you doing here and why would I be listening to you? And um, I think that they recognized right away that we understood how critical they were to the success of this firm and that um, their input was very, very important. And um, I think that they got some affirmations from Kevin and from each other that really helped them relax, lighten up and open up to each other. So I think mm -hmm. communication was really critical in this, in this situation. They're, they're a firm like many other accounting businesses and businesses overall that um, were used to working together and then all of a sudden they weren't. And now it looks like they're gonna stay remote and they've gotta figure out a way to make it easy and for them to not disconnect. And the word disconnect was used by every one of them when it related to their work and to the customer. And so I think that they see that this kind of brought them together and help, help them understand each other's issues. And then when Kevin came back in, after we were alone with them, I think he heard things that he was tangentially aware of, but now it's right there in his face. And I think that they feel very comfortable that he is gonna be the guy that's gonna be cheering them on, even though he's not gonna be leading the change, he's going to allow the change to happen and he wants it to happen. And Brian's gonna get rid of what he wants to get rid of, aren't you, Brian? <laughs> and um, Brian and, and actually what, said, and what and, and what is that? Is is that a bunch of tax or what? What is a bunch what of do you clients, want to get rid of? Yeah, a bunch of clients. Um, but also, I think you know, it's. I thought it was it was interesting that several things that we brought up on the first day that we immediately thought that they needed here, which was mm. the discussion of everyone needs a bath. And you and I have done a podcast on that. Brian sat down and it was the first thing he said they needed. And um, he didn't use the words need a Beth because he didn't know Beth at the time, but he, that person. And um, I think that uh, across the board, they understand that this is something where they all need help in and they need that person in here who is not thinking like an accountant, but is thinking like, an operations person. Um, I saw uh, the bookkeeping um, team lighten up and realize I don't have to work so hard. Um, I could work smarter and get more done and be more effective. Um, yeah, overall, it just was uh, a total change in attitude from morning till afternoon. And he's right. I probably rode the cases hard, but I didn't think I did it that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been on that end of Penny before? <laughs> I, I, I think if this is the first time you've met Penny, yes. I, I think I think once you once once you know Penny, you realize, oh, she was going easy on us. Um, so I think that's the situation. Brian, that's interesting. Um, want to get rid of some clients or want to move some clients on? What are some of the characteristics of these clients and, and why do you want to, to move them on? Well, you have the clients that don't listen to you and take your advice, and then they still wonder why they're having problems. 
And then you also have clients that are unresponsive or maybe just don't want to do things the way that you're telling them to do things and that will be helpful to them. So that makes it really hard to work with them because they want to do things their way, but you're telling them if they want to be successful, you have to change to doing it this way. And they just have a hard time overcoming it and listening to you and trusting you. And Kevin, how do you feel about that idea of, of moving clients on and, and uh, you know, it's, it's your business, it's your revenue. Um, how do you feel about moving, moving clients on? Right. I'm certainly spent a lot of time onboarding these clients over the years. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is lose that revenue, but the agreement to disengage was attached to a sales number goal. So if we grow the business and we hit our sales goals, then we have the capacity, so to speak, to drop the clients we don't want to work with anymore. Damien, the idea is to make everything a win-win. Yep. So we get, and I call it a kill list. Calling it moving on is very nice. I call it a kill list. So they can kill off the clients they don't want if they hit the revenue number so that the firm isn't going backwards by doing it. No, I agree. I, but I, I, I've, I've worked with a couple of firms and um, one of the ways in which we, which we worked to, to save the hit to revenue was we sold the clients. So we sold the clients to a smaller firm down the road and, and that, was, that meant that we didn't have that first year hit. We then had to hustle to bring in new business, but just another way in which you can, you, you might, there might be a firm where these are perfect clients for. So just, just different ways in which you can tackle that, um, that particular problem. Brian, I see you, see you smirking, smiling. You wouldn't want to sell these clients on That's 21. <laughs> All right. Well, you need to talk. Right. <laughs> Brian wants to move the time frame a little bit forward now, knowing we can just sell them instead of having to drop you know, I, want, I, I, I think that uh, something came up very interesting yesterday, and I want to give credit where credit was due, but there's a woman named Venus who's also part of the mastery group that uh, Rachel and Kevin belong to, and she came up with this concept of when you talk to clients, you discuss, because they're all profit-first people here, and um, you discuss, this is where you are today, today, today? Mm-hmm. this is where you're going to be tomorrow, tomorrow. So it's, it's where you were in the past. Here you, here's where you are today. And this is where you're going to be tomorrow. And several times um, at the beginning of this day, I had to use that in reference to the staff. That was, that was before. This is today. This is a new day. This is a new start. And then three months down the line, we're going to have some kind of checklist to see or some kind of check-in to see the future. And did you make it? And um, that's not the deadline for the kill list by any means, but it's a deadline for some of the items that have been presented to them that they're going to have to accomplish before the beginning of next tax planning season. So, but I want to give creds to Venus for coming up with that philosophy and using it with their clients, but using it with your own company might be a place to start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the interesting things you, you just said there, Kevin, is we spend a lot of time onboarding these clients. 
uh, and a lot of and and you've developed relationships and, and whatnot. One question, because uh, Penny and I talk about onboarding a lot and making sure we're bringing the right types of clients on and the right and 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 making sure we're spending the appropriate amount of time. And obviously, that this Beth um, uh, person is is a critical part of that. How do you think your onboarding process of new clients is going to change um, as a result of of what you've done over the last couple of days and as a result of the the, the work that you do with the, the mastery group? So onboarding and perhaps a dozen other items we've outlawed, uh, outlined these last two days will improve. Now the whole administrative block of work parsed out through all of the staff currently. So there's no one person focusing on that task. And we've never been very good administrators ourselves. We've been able to hobble together a way to, you know, schedule a meeting through Calendly and respond to emails. But we've never been Johnny on the spot with a, a phone call or really Anytime we're missing information, we are usually the ones not too eager to spend time tracking it down. <laughs> so <laughs> we kind of like the idea that if we ask somebody for something and they don't get it to us, that uh, we can fault. blame them. Yeah. <laughs> their fault is not done. We asked for it, but we've not really had the person who could go after that and solve stuff really you know, we have a lot of bad clients in part because we've not been training them and having the resources to properly go after the data to make them successful. Uh, so a lot of clients have succeeded with us, but they're probably a little more uh, self-motivated and they are on top of things already and they get us the stuff when we ask them. They do well with us, but there's a number of clients that flounder because they just don't have somebody hounding them and training them to be more proactive. So the onboarding piece, I think, will get improved dramatically. Uh, we've got a number of clients we've onboarded a year ago to do profit first related work, and they still have not fully engaged on that system with us because they're still stuck on uh, tax or bookkeeping or some other more foundational piece that needed to be done and they didn't even do their bank account set up and things that are critical to get that profit first system launched. So I think the admin person will take a lot of pressure off of us and the success rate for an onboarding. I mean, it's not just getting them on a list, but the client's success rate with us, I think will go up. Yeah, and and I, I I think about how you refer to this person because I don't think they're an admin person. I think they're a client success person um, because and and I think if if you go out into the market looking for a administrator, you'll find a very different person to a client success manager. So just just be thinking about that in terms of as you're writing the if if you haven't already written the the, the, the job description and whatnot, have a look at um, role docs for client success managers as well as administrators because I think you'll pick up a, a bunch of roles and, and duties there that, that you really want this person to take take on board. 
whereas I think administrators um, they can they can also get pigeonholed very much like um, like accountants and bookkeepers can. But um, it's sort of interesting what you're saying is is we haven't done a good job of of, of our clients and and sometimes. There's probably a couple, there's probably a bunch of really good clients in there that with a little bit of extra hand holding and a little bit of extra follow up would be um, would be fantastic clients. Yeah, and many of our clients would grow with us, you know, in terms of our engagement size with them. If yeah, we were more proactive in reaching out and we see opportunities that we could say, hey, we'll provide this service or that. But a lot of times we're so busy we are not actively asking for more work from them Mm -hmm. and you mentioned client success i mean i I think that i have to in my own mind when i'm putting this job description together i have to figure out what it is we really want because it is a lot of client success but we're also when we put our initial list together these last two days it's all been internal communications Mm. and taking pressure off of our current staff it's not all internal because they're contacting the clients for all the missing stuff and keeping for the stuff. They really are a, a uh, front end of the office. Yeah. The conduit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As well as a central hub too. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that uh, Chuck's term that the disruption is going to be tough on their flow. And I see that, there's nothing flowing and disruption's gonna have to happen in order to make it flow. You know, when I was 19 years old, I had a job as a powder monkey blasting dynamite in Wyoming because we were laying a water line and we had to blast the rock to get the water to come through. Just say. So, so we did. <laughs> just what just some of Pet, Petty's previous jobs are just so, so enlightening. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we did with Kevin and the team, along with putting some of these things in place and our suggestions, was also re-engineering how they're doing it. So if they do these things and put it into place and find the right person, they're taking work off of each of their plates so that Kevin can go out and get new clients and make sure the Profit First people are doing what they're doing. And the bookkeepers can do what they're doing without wasting their time. And it's not a waste. It has to get done, but it may not need to be done by that person. Mm-hmm. So by re-engineering the workflow, they can work more efficiently and get more things done. Uh, but it does go to show you can, you can invest in the profit first um, framework and, and methodology. But if you don't have good numbers um, and you don't have that follow through with the clients, then you can't get to that advisory, that trusted advisor type services where, as you said, that revenue number per client will, will, will absolutely grow as they grow. Kevin, do you, do you have any specialties in, the, in terms of clients that you deal with, any, any verticals, niches, as they'd say in Australia? Yeah, we are focusing on uh, <laughs> chiropractic offices, uh, some uh, insurance agencies, and dog trainers. Dog trainers. How did how did you come across dog trainers? You know, we uh, we went through a program with Mike McCallowitz and Profit First, and it was all about developing a niche. How do you how do you even identify one? And 
we looked through our current client list and one of the big questions was, well, who do you like to work with? What types of companies are they? And uh, I had some dog trainers and uh, dog daycares and they were great clients, great people to work with. Um, so we they're probably quite that. disciplined, are they? they? They probably do exactly what you tell them to do because that's that. And, 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 and you have to give them traits to, to sort of get them get them to respond you know, quite, quite the opposite actually they um they give you treats they, <laughs> they are independent and stubborn uh but they're very very nice to work with yep yep um so that's partly why we were, were drawn to that segment and they're patient and there's a certain expectation that over time they'll make progress with us i i for whatever reason, it's just been easy and, and, a, and a, an enjoyment to work with them. They're all small. The you know the growth potential of a, of a dog trainer is not that great, but at the same time, during uh, these last two years, that industry has exploded. <laughs> I bet, yeah. <laughs> we um, a lot of we people put out getting dogs during COVID now have to train them. Yeah, no, I put our hand up and our, our Jack Russell puppy went to um, went to puppy school, then went to adolescent school, and I think we, we might need to for some one-on-one tutelage, I think. Um, but it's again... It's different getting a Jack Russell. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's, it's I, I think more importantly, the actual training is less about the dog and more about the person um, and, and changing the behaviours of the person. Like, we are not discipline, we are not the discipline um dog owners that the 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 dog trainers are going to hope us to be but as, as much as as training jovi the jack russell I, I think the actual dog training was about training us um but unfortunately i don't think we quite have the follow-through uh that that uh, that she was expecting um penny what about you what 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 do you see as sort of some challenges to success that that the the team really needs to be aware of and needs to as soon as they see some of the that that behavior, really call it out. What what I mean, you call a spade a spade. What do you see as some challenges on the horizon? That 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 three month horizon, the six month horizon, the tax season horizon. Um, God forbid, I use the the, the T word. Um, well, I think that we run into it already, um, and it happened this morning. And uh, Rachel handled it extremely well with Kevin when Kevin said so. I've got this opportunity for a client and it's a restaurant and it's going to be, you know, tough work, but it's going to be real profitable. And she said, and how does a restaurant fit into those three niches? And, you know, you want to do all of this. And then at the same time, you want to take on a brand new, tough, heavy lifting client. Really think about that. So I think that that it's not necessarily self-sabotage, but what I see typically happens is that, oh, we'll make an, one exception here. And they've been making exceptions all along, each of them individually. And um, that's part of why they've got this log jam that needs to be disrupted. And I think I think Rachel told them, let's let's work on what we have in front of us and maybe for the next couple of months, no new clients. Let's just clean up what you've got so that the next new client that comes on board, 
comes on board underneath this new process and let that be a goal. And I think that that will be the most difficult thing for them to do. I think they're all very good at uh, what they do. Um, they've been exceptional at learning all the apps that Kevin every two years has flipped over and redone on them. <laughs> but um, I really was happy that Brian raised his hand. Well, I don't know if he raised his hand or Chuck pushed his elbow up um, when he said that he would spearhead the change of workflow software that they're using. Um, I was... Uh, happily surprised at uh, their lead bookkeepers, real absolute flip-flop and change and comfortability of attitude. That was impressive. Um, I think that they understand that when they use the word generally, we do things this way, and they should probably tape it up there that says when those words come out, we know this is not working and we have to go back to the spreadsheets and the diagrams that Rachel and I are about to send them. So that will be the toughest thing is not going out and getting new customers for a while and focusing on not doing things generally this way. We're just going to do it one way for now. Yeah. It's sort of interesting. You're saying about bringing on a restaurant client and that distraction and the, the this whole podcast strategy and the virtual controller was built on, the, a book by David Meister called Strategy and the Fat Smoker. And, and it basically says, fundamentally, we know what we need to do. Um, and, and it's the consistency in doing that that will get us from A to B. Um, but we get distracted. We get distracted by shiny objects. We get distracted by um, other other things, other things in life. And, and that is what that is one of the big things that holds us back from from um, from getting to that that end point. And so really being diligent on the saying no, uh, which is actually a very difficult skill to say no to. Um, and, and no, we're, get, we're sticking with this workflow. No, we can't make an exception. No, we can't bring on a client just yet. Um, that That is a, a skill that needs to be learned and trained as well. Um, Chuck, what about you? What, what do you see as some of the challenges in, in the next three months, the next um, next tax season, for example? Well, the, the immediate challenges for the next uh, few months is going to get all our workflow processes into, uh, into new apps. And just to get familiar with that and, uh, and with that flow and with that structure so that when tax season comes, um, I've got a little bit of experience with it before I get into doing uh, all, the, all the tax prepping, tax return prepping. Um, that's really going to be the challenge is, is familiarizing ourselves with uh, with our new processes and learning what they are and then and developing mastery over it because once we know it and we learn it then it's going to be it's going to be natural for us to do it but uh, it's just going to take a little bit of time and exposure to uh, to new processes to until we're comfortable enough to uh, um, to be able to hammer it out without having to um, you know, double check and recheck and make sure that we're not uh, missing or skipping anything. Um, it's just going to be, it's going to be a learning process. Yeah. And Brian, you, you, your hand was uh, raised, we're not sure by yourself or, or, or by Chuck uh, from the workflow side of things. What were some of the challenges in the current workflow uh, tools that you're using? What, what was happening? 
Well, currently we're using many different tools. Each one of us kind of has a different tool that they use or an app that they use. <laughs> and uh, like I'll use one app for all my work and then Sarah, she's not here. She'd use another app and Chuck would use another app. And it's just like, we're never doing the same thing. It's kind of like we're working for completely different firms at that point because we're not doing like the same thing. We can't communicate well with each other if we're using different apps and everything. So that's, that's big. It's trying to get everyone on one, the same page. Um, and are you moving everyone onto your preferred platform? Is, is that, uh, is that the way you're going to roll or? <laughs> no, it's a whole new one. It's up to our bosses. <laughs> yep. It's our boss's platform. They went, tried to stay on mine, but they wouldn't listen to me. So. <laughs> We're going on a new platform. I don't want Penny to yell at me again. So. <laughs> I don't Look, I think you just sort of you've got to just develop up, develop a, a tougher exterior because it'll happen. Trust me. <laughs> um, one of the the other comments um, said earlier on in the the session was you guys are the, the team's going completely virtual. Is is that right or or we'll maintain an office for for certain parts and but keen to go virtual they are remote all the time now pretty much but i think that um they're going to be coming together certainly over the next couple of months on a regular basis as they check in on process change and um and of course they're going to have a new person that is going to be hired that will be one change that they're all going to have to adapt to is the new client success manager, um, gatekeeper. Um, so that will be the person that will probably bring them together. That will be the first thing that they have to take care of is getting that person and then uh, having that person bring them in. I mean, they were very amicable when we asked them to come in. I don't think that that's a problem. And it's a very nice location and very nice um, building that they're in. That's not it. But I do. That was one of the things we discussed: is do, are you going to need this size of a space at the end of all of this? And I guess they'll make that decision when uh, it comes down to it. Uh, but uh, they, they, the staff kind of had a, an understanding of each other's difficulties. But what Brian said about them all being in separate systems, it really did seem like they were all working in a different company. Um, and getting buy-in from everybody to be open about leaving something that they've all been comfortable with. Um, I was pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed that they were willing to do that. I think that comes out of the frustration that they've been living under. So they all recognize the problem. Like you said, like the smoker recognizes the problem. It's just, how do I now change it? And, uh, I don't know. Brian had some really good ideas. Chuck is very amicable about it. And uh, I think that uh, Kevin had a tough time with the kill list, but Brian really got him to commit and I got it on video. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's all going to work out. Um, it's sort of interesting. I was uh, you were talking about the team being on board with this because quite often that's one of the biggest challenges of getting everyone on the team and everyone on the bus, so to speak. And but it sounds like 
for the most part, everyone is pulling in the same direction and, and nobody's get a, got to get off the bus, Kevin. Are there any difficult conversations on that front? Or do you feel like the team is is all pulling in the right direction? Might need to move some people around on the bus, but for the most part, the team is in, in good shape. Yeah, I mean, my biggest challenge is to craft a new job description and actually you know do the interview process like this is a small firm i've not had to hire very often at all and it's partly the reason we're our size we are is i don't have a comfort level with that bringing somebody from the outside in is scary and it needs to be a this is obviously a a substantial position that impacts the whole practice so Finding the right person is a daunting task that I just, in my mind, I'm thinking, how on earth am I going to do that? He's got a lot of support from the staff who all recognized immediately that they needed this person. So I think that he's going to get a lot of support in trying to help find that person. I, I was going to suggest step out of the way, Kevin, and let Brian, Chuck, and Sarah do it and, and then come in for that final interview. Um, so, and, and it, that one of the things that I've, I must admit myself finding that those things that I find most difficult, I put them off to the last minute, um, and then don't do the best job at them. Whereas actually there are people in my team that love the, these types of things and not to, and, and so maybe that's one way in which you can get it done is, is hand it over to, to Brian, Chuck and Sarah, and then you come in at the final interview. And once they've done all the, all of the vetting and, uh, and whatnot, and maybe that'll get things moving. And and if, if as you said, you're bringing someone into your team, and it's a small team, and it's a, a close team, um, I, I couldn't imagine um, people that that will protect that more than than Brian, Chuck, and Sarah. So anyway, just a thought there. Well, uh, Brian, it's, not like you're, it's not like you're the first one to <laughs> told me to get out of the way today. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to hear it from multiple, multiple sources at multiple different times. Um, uh, Rachel, what, what, what do you think is, is what Kevin needs to be thinking about over the next three months? Because, again, in my experience, it, these next three months are critical, not necessarily for ticking everything off the list, but, but just making um, incremental steps and, and demonstrating the, the change process. What do you think is most critical um, in these next three months for, for Kevin and the team? So finding the new communications coordinator or whatever you want to call that person is incredibly important. Um, figuring out how you want that job description is the first thing Kevin should be concentrating on. For us, uh, my team does the hiring. I let them vet it. We send them out um, a gorilla test, which does some skills and some personality. If they pass that, they interview as a team and they make that decision. Mm. And in this case, that person is so integral to the firm. It's not just Kevin. They're going to need to make somewhat of a decision on that. Um, so, the job description for Kevin is very important to do, but communicating that out, making sure the team makes the decision because that person is going to help the team flow is incredibly important. Other than that, Kevin needs to concentrate on only doing the stuff he's supposed to do. So anytime he does anything that's not 
supposed to be on his, he needs to write it down because he can never do it again. There we go. Get out of the way. Get out of the way, Kevin. Move, Kevin. Get out of the way, Kevin. Um, well, well, folks, I, I'd like to say thank you so much for for allowing us to come in and and learn more about this process that you're going through. Um, I've done it with a, a bunch of firms, and it, it's not easy. We've done it in in our own firm that we worked in as as we implemented new technology, and we went from um, a lot of manual tasks to more automated tech enabled tasks. So I've I've seen the challenges within our own firm, and and then have worked with a, a whole bunch of firms. Uh, to help them overcome them, and it's it's not a, necessarily about uh, the, these big um, big changes. In, instead, it's about um, showing up each day and, and making incremental improvements. And I think three months later, you'll look back and be like, "Oh shit, we've come a long way." Uh, and and that that's what fuels the the next three months is knowing that you've made small incremental changes that have all added up to, to, to produce big results. Penny, what are your, your final, final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts are I'm ready to go back to San Diego. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian, that I yelled at you so much. Well, no, not really. And um, actually I just, I, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see that uh, um, the log jam broken and the, uh, I'm impressed with the positivity of this place. And it's really a really nice place. Really like was impressed with Toledo. Sorry. We'll just say that. How's that? <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Well, um, Rachel, always good to see you. Come back onto the podcast anytime. Um, Kevin, Brian, Chuck, thank you very much for, for sharing. Um, might even check in in, in, in six months time or, or just before tax season, but um Take a little time to, to recover, recharge, and uh, best of luck as you go through this process. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, Damien. You too, Penny. Thank you. Thank you.